Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Russ Cordell. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. All right, praise the Lord. It's Wednesday night. It's good to be back in the house uh, this evening uh, to uh, address our church tonight. Beautiful day again. I hope everybody is blessed and doing well. Uh, I'm excited to uh, just share a few points with you tonight. I won't keep you too long, uh, but uh, I thought tonight would be a great opportunity. I've had several conversations over the last uh, couple of evenings, uh, a couple of days, a lot of good phone conversations, but many questions are coming in right now uh, about the things that are happening regarding uh, government rulings and so forth. And, And so what I thought I would do this evening... As, uh, and we're going to open up in prayer here in just a moment, but I thought I would address the church this evening, uh, sort of a state of the union, if you will, and uh, just bring everybody up to speed. We've been seven weeks now uh, in this safer at home status. Uh, we've been rolling along pretty well. Uh, we've gotten ourselves into, a, I think, a pretty good routine, uh, and, and uh, we've got some great things that are happening, uh, but I think it's time to kind of bring us to that current point and start to... Uh, uh, direct uh, where we're going from here, provide a little bit of vision for that, and fill you in on some of the conversations, some of the planning, some of the things that uh, we're doing here in leadership. Uh, so before I start, if you're not already standing in your homes where we are, I think it'd be appropriate if we honored the Lord this evening. Let's stand tonight. Let's Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I think we need to be thankful uh, for what God has done thus far. I, I Again, many, very many good reports. Uh, people are doing very well. Uh, getting through this situation. Uh, But we've got some unsettled times ahead, and I think it would be good if we would just go to the Lord together in prayer and uh, start this out right. Lord God, we're very thankful, Jesus. Lord, thank you for covering our church, Lord Jesus, watching over all of us, uh, guiding and lead us uh, through this time of challenge, Lord, watching over the church, watching over your people, Lord God, continuing to guide and lead us uh, in your direction, Lord. We're very thankful for all that you do, uh, that we're blessed, that we're able to continue to minister for you, Lord God, in in any way that we can uh, under this new situation, Lord. I pray for every soul that's watching this evening, uh, pray a blessing upon all the households, God, every single one of our our family members and those that have tuned in, those who have been watching us, we pray a blessing for you, a blessing of peace, a blessing of comfort, uh, jobs protected, health protected, uh, just watching over every soul, Lord God, keep your hand upon them, uh, and and we'll give you the thanks and the praise and the glory as we continue to move forward, seeking your will and your way in our lives, uh, to, to all that's pleasing to you, God, and all that's within your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I just want to dive in again. As I said a moment ago, uh, we're about seven weeks uh, into this safer at home process. For many of you, it probably feels like 70 weeks. Uh, I totally understand that. Uh, It's been very difficult. This is a brand new world that we've lived in. None of us have seen the the situation that we're operating in right now before. And uh, things have been at times unsettling. I know that there's fear. I know that there's been challenges. But I want to say I am so proud of my church, so proud of all of you, uh, everyone that I've spoken to, the folks that have come here and ministered in, in worship and song, our technical team, our leaders that are out there connecting with their teams. What a powerful group of people, positive, strong. 
strong, prayerful, faithful, uh, uh, just keeping a, a positive attitude, being encouraging to one another, being encouraging to me and my family. I'm so very proud of Abundant Life and so thankful uh, to be a servant for you in the kingdom. Uh, what a privilege, what a pleasure it is uh, to be your pastor and, and to lead uh, during this time of challenge. I'm very humbled by that and very thankful. And so thank you for all that you are doing right now. In our current situation, I know many of you are aware that the Wisconsin State Supreme Court uh, met yesterday. There is a pending lawsuit. There was a lawsuit that was brought against the state, uh, our governor, and I believe the acting department uh, of health uh, acting secretary uh, is really where the, the lawsuit was directed related to the orders, the safer at home orders, as many of you know, have been extended to May 26, the end of this month. And then there was even discussion about taking that even further. I know that there's a lot of things in the news right now about uh, resurgences of, of the virus and uh, skyrocketing death tolls. They're redoubling those numbers. Uh, all of that stuff is going on right now. I'm not here to purport to you tonight that I know exactly what all of that means and where we're going per se, but I will say this. I know that many of you are at a place now, it's gotten so old, it's gotten uh, too old. Many are feeling that there's, there's been an overreach, perhaps uh, overcaution. So many people are feeling right now that, that uh, uh, it's not a matter of, of, of the safety issues anymore as much as it is. Uh, it's become a political divide. It, it, it seems that uh, one group of people that votes one way believes it this certain way and then the other group believes it this way believes another way. Uh, there's conspiracy theories. There's all kinds of things that are floating out there. Uh, but what I want to say to you tonight is I know that that the question that's been coming at me most often is, Pastor, when do we come back? Uh, what's it going to look like? How are we going to do this? How soon is it going to be? I'm getting those questions quite frequently. And what I want to tell you is, is that, first of all, I don't have an exact answer for that. But I will tell you is that if it is necessary, and, and, and we'll look at the time that they make this choice and, and what's happening in the world, we'll, we'll seek out uh, our leadership, my leadership, our, our general superintendent, Brother David Bernard, uh, routinely puts out updates and bulletins. He's guiding and leading the district superintendents in each state. Uh, we'll look to our presbyter, Brother Joe Hanthorne, uh, Brother Booker, our district superintendent, uh, as far as some, some general guidelines. Uh, but ultimately, whatever that decision is, is there, there will be specific steps or phases defined for that process. Now, it could very well be uh, we could just simply announce a return date, depending on how things go, and say this is the date that we're coming back. Uh, but we'll have some guidelines that go along with that. We'll have suggestions. We'll take into account concerns that people have and, and, and the things that I think that would be prudent steps, things that uh, make sense to make sure that we're moving back into this process carefully and safely. I assure you tonight that whatever we do, I will make sure that that, that process is fully planned and clearly communicated to everyone. Uh, there's no doubt of that. I've talked to many of our leaders already, and uh, we've already begun that discussion and have some steps in play. Uh, I want to say that I've been meeting fairly routinely uh, with our trustee board. 
And they've been working with me and been excellent in leadership. Our pastors, uh, excellent in leadership. We're, we're, in, we're in lockstep together. We have unity. We have purpose. We have direction. And I want to tell you that they're supporting your pastor. And they have been a phenomenal encouragement to me. So uh, those of you that serve on those boards, thank you very much. Thank you so much uh, for understanding the challenge that this has been and being a phenomenal support. Just, just, just terrific in, in uh, banding together. Together and, and being in one mind and one focus. Um, so very soon I will be setting up uh, department leader meetings uh, to begin planning steps for the reopening process uh, for each of those departments. Everyone's got their specific roles and functions and so to ensure that we've covered all the bases and that we're operating cohesively with all the ministries uh, in terms of safety steps, and in terms of procedures, uh, times of services and things like that, uh, We'll be establishing all of that together. So that'll be coming very shortly. Again, we, don't, we won't have dates per se necessarily, uh, but we can certainly uh, chisel out the final steps of our re-entry uh, process, if you will. So I want to assure you that all of those measures will be consi- uh, considered uh, and they will be clearly communicated uh, to everyone. Uh, so we will have specific instruction and, and a process, as I said, uh, that will also be supported with signage here in the building. I will make sure that there are clear steps, clear understanding if there's any direction uh, that needs to be communicated for people coming into the building. There will be signage. There will be additional public and social media announcements uh, giving some of those key guidelines. For example, it may possibly be that for a period of time we ha- may have to spend one ministry or the other for safety purposes. I do know there was some discussion uh, in one church, I was, I was uh, alerted today, that one church uh, is, is suspending all of their student ministries activities for the little ones uh, for a period of time. And so they're going to establish a guideline for what to do as far as bringing children to church. Uh, I don't know that that will be our step, but I'm, I'm just saying that could possibly be uh, some direction. But I will make sure that everyone clearly understands every step and knows that we're keeping people safe, uh, that we're doing things according uh, to uh, civil guidelines and also according uh, to um, uh, our own body in terms of specific needs and concerns. Uh, So we will hear those concerns. We will hear anyone that has suggestions. Uh, We certainly want your voice to be represented as we take the steps uh, to to reopen church and, and get back Uh, to uh, regular process. Uh, So, uh, of course, my primary focus is going to continue to protect the health challenged, um, our elders uh, that may have some health challenges, and of course our children, as well as the general body. Uh, So again, there may be some specific steps, some things that we will allow. I do want to clarify this one point, uh, but it is fully our intention, and it has been our intention, that once we get back to uh, on-premise services, our live broadcasting process will continue. We... (laughs) We have an incredible crew of people that's been led by Brother Kevin Marty uh, who have put a tremendous amount of work, uh, resources. I want to thank, everybody should uh, thank, when you see him or you can communicate, thank Brother Marty for a tremendous amount of of sacrifice and time, resources. Uh, He's donated so much to the church in terms of equipment. He's trained other people. Uh, Brother Mike Meyer has brought in some additional equipment or helped support purchase of equipment for this broadcast process. 
uh, those guys just sacrificially immediately gave, uh, uh, did what it took to get this thing going and going well. Uh, Brother Bill Hemingway is, has trained in this area, uh, and he's operating in, in that function as well, sacrificed his time uh, to learn and to help support that. And so... Uh, we will continue with this process. It'll become, it is a fixture of Abundant Life's uh, ministry broadcast. Uh, so I want to clear that up uh, right away as well. Uh, so again, we'll be her- uh, very careful of health concerns. But through this entire process, I think it's important to understand that, that all along, uh, I, of course, I look to our general uh, Leadership, our superintendent, our, our as I said, our district leadership uh, guidance in terms of civil obedience. Uh, there were other uh, besides health issues, health concerns, which were primary. Uh, I, I did. I was. I was obviously concerned as well. I wanted to be careful about PR backlash. Um, Something like this, if, if something were to have happened with our church, we would have disobeyed uh, the guidelines that were given at first, uh, and, and God forbid a, 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 an, a bre- an outbreak would have happened here, or something, a rumor would have gotten out. Uh, abundant life would have been deeply hurt uh, by just the negative PR backlash that would have happened through that. And so uh, I know it's important to, to follow God's law. It's important to to attend church, it's important to do things right by the word, but uh, it was the feeling of our leadership that civil obedience and being honorable in the court was extremely important. If you recall the story of the three Hebrew boys in the court of Nebuchadnezzar, uh, they were honorable, they were respectful, and it was only until they were driven to the point where they were asked to violate God's law, to violate their principles, did they disobey in the court of Nebuchadnezzar. And of course, you know that God delivered them even through that uh, process, but I'm also concerned about Abundant Life's reputation in the community. Uh, we are becoming again a mission church. We are getting outside these walls. We are, are we were in the process. There are many things that were already in the works uh, to begin to reintroduce. Um, our ministries to this community, and the last thing that I wanted to do was was develop a, a poor reputation in our community. Uh, so I just want you to understand that we were always very aware and very conscious of those potential uh, issues, uh, including, of course, uh, the health and safety of all of you. So uh, again, we'll continue to uh, resource our district superintendent, Brother James Booker, uh, my section presbyter, Brother Johan Thorne, and, uh, and we'll follow procedure uh, and do the best that we can to get us back as quickly as we can. So that is the current situation. I do want to talk briefly about the state of the church. Uh, some people have brought things up. How are things going here? How is the church doing? I'm, I'm talking about the building and operations. Uh, first, the day, uh, second week of the shutdown, we had to shutter uh, the daycare, and unfortunately I had to lay off uh, about 14 people. Uh, most of the parents had withdrew their children. Uh, they just didn't feel safe. I, I think the teachers weren't feeling very safe at the time, and they agreed that with the opportunity the government was providing for uh, 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 unemployment insurance and some things through that, that we got together, we got together, we prayed with them, prayed over them, uh, heard their concerns, and, and collectively they agreed that they would uh, rather uh, do the layoff. And so as of right now, since week two, our daycare has completely been shut down. Now, in, in relation to that, uh, almost the entire building has been virtu- uh, virtually shut down, all systems shut down. 
Brother James Bigley, our building administration pastor, has been doing a phenomenal job. He's, near, uh, he's here nearly every day uh, looking over the building. Furnaces were shut down, lights were shut down, computer systems, anything that would be wastefully using energy or electricity. Uh, we had contacted uh, many of our vendors. Uh, we were doing the best job we could do to be prudent uh, with our resources and uh, only our office and, and sanctuary on a limited basis were operating. Uh, uh, and so we contacted vendors, we put things on hold, we, we held garbage collection, we, we stopped a few of our services. Of course, all spending of any kind was stopped completely. There was no reason to purchase supplies and, and things of that nature. So I just want you to know that uh, I, I felt it was important to be extremely prudent with, with every dollar that came in in terms of offering to support the, the house of God. Um, immediately in the first week when the shutdown was announced, I made a phone call to our bank and had a discussion with the vice president there. I'm very good friends with him, very acquainted with him. And we had a great discussion. And so he pledged uh, to work with us and, and he has done that and has helped us through that process and uh, we are completely solvent we are uh, our bills are paid we are getting by we're making it uh, you know again expenses are way down and so uh, that helped uh, tremendously uh, but the bank was in our favor and has helped us through that process we are paying towards our mortgage uh, but again we got a little bit of help in that area so if, and, and again I, I want to extend a huge thank you and a word of appreciation to our Abundant Life family uh, for your faithful worship and giving. Um, uh, I know it was a transition for many to pick up this online giving concept that we had never had before. Thank you to uh, Sister Matucci and Brother Ron who spearheaded uh, establishing an online giving tool that we'd never had before. Hopefully you're enjoying it. It's really easy to use. It's a couple of clicks and, and away you go. I do it every week uh, and I really enjoy it. Uh, but through that process, you've been faithful. Uh, you've continued to give. You've been faithful in your giving and through that, we've been able able to continue keeping the house of God open, taking care of things that needed to be done, and we're making it. We're getting by. Um, so I also want to extend a thank you to uh, Brother uh, Joe Thorpe, our Secretary Treasurer, and of course uh, our Trustee Board. Again, uh, they have been helping me navigate through these decisions. They have heard me. They have uh, taken into account my initiatives, uh, the direction that I felt we needed to go, and have supported me very well, come up with some excellent ideas, uh, and we are innovating through a process that we just had no idea of what direction we were going, never having done this before. And so, uh, again, extend, if you will, a thank you to our trustees and our pastor board. Now, in terms of the state of the body, uh, I want to remind everybody that we are the body of Christ. The church is not this building. Uh, we are privileged to have it. We are privileged to serve and worship here. Uh, but the body is you. The body is me. And, uh, and again, I want to say how proud I am uh, of our body, of the, of, of the folks, uh, again, working hard to try to reach everyone. Uh, Brother Kylie, Brother Steve, and myself have been reaching out, talking to everyone. We kind of broke things up. It's 200 and some people. It's a, been a challenge for me to reach everybody. Uh, uh, but collectively, we've been speaking to everyone. Again, very positive uh, words. People are of good faith. 
have been encouraging to us. Um, And I want you to know that every day in this process, I have covered our church and covered our families in prayer for safety, for health, uh, for your jobs. If I knew of a specific situation or I know of one, uh, I'm praying for that daily and covering you in prayer. And uh, again, I'm just so impressed and amazed at the strength and the positivity and and just the the, uh, uh, tremendous faith of our church body. Not that I ever had a question, uh, but something like this could easily shake people. It it could certainly uh, be detrimental, and I haven't seen the signs of it. So again, my hat's off to you as as our church body. Uh, Again, great conversations, faithful saints. You folks are uplifting each other. I made it a, an, a, an initial initiative when I first started uh, this, going into this process. I wanted to reach out to some. I was concerned, was everybody able to get out, get their groceries, uh, get the supplies that they needed? Was there anyone alone that didn't have someone to talk to or wasn't connecting? And, and again, I was so overjoyed uh, to hear those voices say, nope, I've got somebody, I've got help, I'm, we're doing good. Uh, Sister Cordell and I were prepared to go grocery shopping or do whatever we needed to do. Uh, to protect our saints. And so um, that offer is still open. If there's anyone uh, that's needing our assistance, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, we've gotten some wonderful testimonies from many of you uh, that people outside the family, people you haven't spoken to for years, family disconnections, are tuning in to our broadcast, are listening to our services, are being affected uh, by the word, are commenting, engaging in conversations. Bible studies have opened up through this process. Uh, the watch parties that people are inv- inviting, that's a Facebook function, uh, are reaching out to other people we hadn't expected. Many times I've been showed uh, snapshots of, of the lists of people that are popping in on our feed and it just is stunned uh, to see the names of the people who've joined in. Uh, as I mentioned several times, and, and, and this is a testament to you of those that have shared and reached out through your, your friendship connections, uh, uh, people have joined us from all over the country. We have people from so many different states uh, that are reaching out. Um, we have some wonderful testimonies that are going to come, and I'm not going to steal anybody's thunder. I'm going to let you tell your stories, and uh, we're going to glorify God together and thank him for what he's done. Uh, we do have, and, I, and I, I do have to take a bit of a turn in my message, I want to be positive at all times, but we do have a couple of very challenging situations, and I felt tonight was a good night uh, to bring to your attention. Number one, uh, we have Brother Steve W., and I'm not giving last names, I haven't been given permission to broadcast that, and uh, Brother Rich G., uh, both very wonderful, faithful men, uh, praying men, uh, strong believers, uh, good guys. Uh, but both of them uh, are dealing with some pretty uh, serious health issues. And uh, Brother Steve uh, is dealing with a bout of esophageal cancer, uh, among some other challenges that popped up uh, here during his treatment. But I want to tell you, Brother Steve and his wife, Becky, are tremendously faithful people. I've spent much time with them, got to be with them last week together. We prayed together, prayed with one another, prayed for one another. They prayed for me. Uh, We had a family member there. We got to witness and talk with her, uh, pray with her, uh, and just had a wonderful time. 
And so, uh, and then Brother Rich, we found out, has uh, facing some possible challenges. We're waiting for some reports. Uh, but again, I've spoken to both of them, spent time with them. Uh, they're strong. They're encouraged. They're encouraged in their faith, and God's going to uh, honor that. So I would c- encourage you tonight, let's pray for, for Brother Steve and Brother Rich collectively as a body. We're, we're here for you guys, and uh, we're praying for you. We're covering you in prayer. Uh, pray for their wives. Both of their wives are Becky's, and uh, ironically, uh, let's pray for strength and courage for the both of them. They've got, uh, uh, you know, obviously concerns that are, are understandable, um, but we can pray strength and peace and courage for them uh, tonight. And then next, uh, Sister Carrie Hemingway brought to our attention here at the office the other day something I thought was wonderful uh, and I had not taken a step for, uh, but she mentioned our frontline workers. Uh, We have many here at Abundant Life that are nurses, uh, medical workers of other kinds, uh, people that are in trucking, people that work in grocery, uh, that are out there every single day. And uh, and she thought a wonderful idea uh, would be to reach out and, and extend a thank you Uh, to them, but also to cover them every day in prayer uh, and for their safety. So please remember uh, these frontline folks that are out there. They're working in hospitals. They're working in ERs, uh, possibly surrounded uh, by uh, this virus crisis and and things of that nature, uh, and just out there exposed all the time. Let's pray God's covering for them. And then finally, on this list of the state of the body, I, I want to mention uh, our business owners. There are several of our business owners who's, who have taken a hit because of uh, the economic conditions. Uh, there are people that have been furloughed from work or they've lost hours or, or some that are not working at all. And I'd like to pray for them and support them as well. So if you can join me in those uh, different aspects, uh, praying, binding together for all those folks that that, uh, could be struggling. Again, we don't know how long this thing is going to go. We're praying uh, to a very quick end to this process, a death to this coronavirus, a, a normalcy coming back to life. Um, but right now we need to bind together like never before in prayer and faith and support uh, for one another. So uh, lastly, I want to, before I get into a brief devotion, I want to announce a couple of initiatives that I'm bringing to the forefront tonight. First and foremost, I'm putting out a call uh, for the remainder of the month of March. I'm putting out a call for a time of prayer and fasting for abundant life. For Steve and Rich, for our frontliners, our business owners, our folks out of work, and an end to this virus. We need to bind together as a body in faith, in prayer and fasting through the end of May. I'd like to ask you to pick your day or your days, whatever it is that God puts on your heart, uh, to determine in your heart that you will fast. uh, And you can fast other things, determine the type of fast that you want. But let's take time, at least one day, a one-day complete meal fast with time of prayer, time of fasting, and time of worship. And what I mean by that is this. I would love it to know that on that particular day that you've chosen, that you turn off that television, turn off that social media, turn off any distractions and make your house a house of prayer, a house of fasting, and a house of worship. Take a time in there, someone there, put on a worship CD, put on Pandora or whatever it is that you do. Let worship music reign in your home. Sing songs, go about your business and prayer, go about your, your functions there at home or whatever it is that you're doing, but in prayer and in worship, just lifting up God 
in fasting for these needs. Uh, and as a matter of fact, it might be a great time to fast red meat from what I'm told. It might, you might have to. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, second initiative that, uh, that I'm going to announce is um, a no one goes without initiative. Sister Cordell and I would like to spearhead an initiative to make sure that every abundant lifer has all of their necessities, essentials that they need, groceries or anything that they need to make it through the remainder of this challenge. No one in abundant life family should be fearing running out of food, running out of necessities, uh, medicine, whatever it is that you need. Uh, we will not let that happen. And so I would like for any that are aware of, of a potential challenge in that area, please reach out to me. Reach out to us and make us aware because I won't stand by and watch a family in our church suffer unnecessarily when so many of us are richly blessed and, and can assist. And I'd like volunteers as well who'd be willing to join us in that effort. And that would also entail doing some of the shopping, doing, grabbing things, getting things that are needed. If there's other things that are needed, you need assistance at your home, whatever the case may be, um, no one goes without. Now, I'd also like to extend that in this way. If you have a burden, you have a neighbor, uh, you've got a coworker, an extended family member, uh, maybe there's a single mom that you know, maybe, maybe a widow that, that's uh, nearby that could potentially be struggling. Maybe she's not part of this body, that's okay. We wanna minister to them as well. Let's minister in faith for the people that could be fearing uh, running out of something, running out of food, running out of necessities. Let's not let that happen. Okay, so please contact us to let us know what we can do for you or let us know if you're wanting to be one that would like to help. So with that being said, I'm gonna finish this evening with just a short devotional. I, 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 I see a lot of things that pass through Facebook and a lot, there's all this stuff going on about all this information and if I spent a lot of time on it, it would scramble my brain. But something came across my my. Uh, feed the other day uh, as I was looking at some news feeds that I like, and it was talking about what this, what this coronavirus thing has done to us and what it's caused us to do, and it was, it was sort of in, in the line of, of, it was kind of negative, and it, it, it sort of made the statement like we, we just stood by and watched all this stuff taken away from us and, and all these terrible things done, and we haven't done anything about it. Now, I don't think it's fair, per se, to say that. None of us have ever seen something like this before. None of us have ever lived through something like this before. Uh, I can tell you that those of us here at church in leadership here, we're kind of making it up as we go. And God has been faithful and honorable and, and people have been wonderful, as I said. But what the world has done, in my view, is irrelevant. What the world has done is our chance to undo what the enemy has meant for destruction and pain, we turn into something powerful. And so I want to talk to you for just a couple of moments about those points, what the world has done. Uh, in, this, in this line of thinking, uh, the, one of the lines in there said that, the, that this has caused us to distrust each other. And I think that's true to an extent. I was in the grocery store just the other day. I, don't, I haven't worn a mask. I haven't worn one yet. I've heard so many conflicting bits of information. Some say yes, some say no. Surgeon General's come out twice now and said masks are ineffective. They're actually more dangerous. I don't know, but my, I'm not telling you what to do. My personal conviction thus far is I haven't worn one. 
And uh, so I'm in the grocery store. There's many people in the grocery store aren't wearing masks, but there's quite a few that are. And I happen to be going down an aisle, and here's a young lady standing there with her cart, and she's got this mask on and everything. And I see her literally seize up and pull away from me almost in terror. And she stared me down. And I realized, at first I didn't get it, but I realized what it was. She was upset because I wasn't wearing a mask. And so this, this situation is creating division with people. It's creating animosity. There are people that are absolutely 100% for what the government says to do. We got to do and let's stay and hide forever. And then uh, there's people that have said enough is enough. We got to get back to work. And, and, and so there's, there's hatred now uh, between these groups and there's protests and, and violence and all this stuff that's starting up. Uh, there's a division completely uh, between these two groups. My answer to this is that's our opportunity then to show absolute trust and love and respect and kindness to everyone we come across. You see, I can communicate to people in a, in a very kind way. My faith carries me through. I'm a strong person of faith, I said to one person. I just, I, I know I'm being cautious, I'm doing all the right things, but I've got faith. God is carrying me through. Uh, I was out one evening. My wife and I ordered a fish fry at a place near, nearby home, and we drove down there. She stayed in the car. There was only a couple of people inside when I arrived, but we were supposed to go in. It was a curbside type thing. You're supposed to go in, pick up your meal, and go. Well, I walked in at the time appointed, and it turned out there was about a half dozen people in this place, and the fellow comes out, and he says, well, it's going to be about 15 minutes. So I sat down in a chair there, and it was dead silent in this room. All these people, a couple with masks, a few without, staring at one another. Silent and keeping distance. You could feel the tension in the room. You could feel the anxiety that was there. And I remember thinking to myself, this is insane. We're Americans. We're human beings. No matter the circumstances, we should be kind to one another. We should be sociable. So a couple of minutes after he seated me, the, the owner walks back out and he said, sir, did you order, uh, did you order this particular fish? And I said, uh, yeah, I did. He says, well, we're all out of that. I'm sorry. Would you like a, a, a replacement? And I said, sure, that's fine. And he walked away. And I sat down and I went, great. Now the world's coming to an end. They ran out of walleye. <laughs> And uh, everybody erupted in laughter and they started chuckling to one another and, and, and then they started talking and then pretty soon a conversation was going on and people were being civil and a couple minutes later he called another fellow's name and he said, sir, did you order the walleye also? The guy said, yes, I'm sorry, we're out. Would you like a replacement? And he said, yeah, go ahead. Guy walks away. I said, oh, holy cow, that's it. The world's over. <laughs> and we had a great laugh and, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, but it, it was just a joy to break that tension and just be friendly. And then the fellow that was next to me, we ended up having a, a nice conversation for a few minutes and, uh, and we were social. Uh, another point in here that people are fearfully putting all of their faith in the government. And I think in a, in a large way, uh, that's, that's very true. Unfortunately, I've had some negative interactions with some folks uh, who feel a certain way. Uh, but I think it is our position that we show and we respect, uh, express our respect for the government uh, and, and, and in reasonable aspects of our safe at home process, but express your faith in God too. 
Absolutely, we do not put 100% of our faith in the federal government or the state government or a city government. Uh, the government of man is not our, our primary guide and leader. However, as I said earlier, we're respectable in, in the court. Uh, in Nebuchadnezzar's court or whatever it may be that we're in, we're respectable, we're honorable, we express civil disobedience, excuse me, civil obedience, uh, but first and foremost, express our faith. The government's doing a great job and we're following along with that, but man, here's what God has done. Get your testimony ready, ready. be positive. Express uh, a peace and joy like I've heard on the telephone as I've spoken to you and, and heard all of the good things uh, that I've heard in the last few weeks. Some say that people have traded liberties for, fa- for a false sense of security. We hear that quite a bit. Benjamin Franklin's famous quote. Uh, but you know, even in prison, the disciples had maximum liberty. They worshiped, they praised, and they ministered. Even when they were in actual prison, they found a place to have ultimate liberty. See, our, our corporeal circumstances, where our body is, where our situation is, isn't ultimately the liberty that we look for. Of course, we don't want to be thrown in jail. We don't want to have problems with that. We don't want to give up all of our liberties for the sake, sake of safety. But I just want to remind us, that even in prison, there's liberty. God is there. There's joy. In every case, uh, our disciples were let out of jail. They prayed. They ministered. Uh, they saved the jailkeeper, for example, uh, and, and used that opportunity, and were always freed. So express that liberty uh, we have in living for an awesome God. Whether we're confined to our homes or we're walking freely, we have liberty in Jesus Christ. And I think it's important that we keep that in mind. When, uh, when, when God gave Moses the direction, uh, he was going to uh, lead the people of Israel out of Egypt, uh, uh, he directed them. He, he locked them in their homes. He said, go into your homes, shut the door. They put the blood on the doorposts and the lintels. Uh, they locked them away. They were prisoner for a night, but they knew they were under the proper safety. The death angel was going to come. They were in the proper safety that God had defined, but they had a liberty like no other. And of course, they were physically freed through that process. Another point said that we, we allowed people's loved ones to die alone in hospitals. This particular point really got to me. I, we had an incident here. One of our very own uh, was in an emergency room one night with a fairly serious issue. I got the phone call. I said, okay, I'll be right over. And they said, no, pastor, you can't come. They won't let you in. And I said, but, but I'm, I'm a minister. I can show. I'm, you know, I'm clergy. Uh, they said, nope, not even then. You can't come. And that really bothered me. And so uh, the person that was there said, you know what, I'm going to put the speaker, I'm going to put you on speakerphone and we can pray together right now. So they were right there in the ER and I got on that phone and both of them had it right by them and we prayed out loud in Jesus' name for a healing touch for that situation. And I don't care who heard me, I hope somebody did, uh, but we prayed for them and they prayed faithfully right there in the ER. Uh, I don't ever want to see a situation like this happen again. I believe that legislation needs to be forwarded, that no matter the crisis that happens, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's uh, some other uh, uh, imminent threat, there should be legislation in place that says that a dying loved one should never, ever be held from being with someone that they love 
uh, before they pass from this life. There's something has to be done. We need to contact our legislators. We need some laws written in this situation. It was a travesty and a shame that people's loved ones passed from this life completely alone only with the medical staff. Now, I will say this. I know that there are wonderful medical staff, wonderful nurses and attendants that recognize that situation, and therefore they did their very best uh, to, to be that person in the gap. And we need to recognize that and honor that. But you know as well as I do, a couple married for 50 years, uh, the husband passing away there in the hospital, uh, it's nice to have a good medical person, someone who's kind and loving, uh, but to have to pass from this life without, without his wife, or in the reverse, that situation happened as well, is a travesty. Let's do something about that and make sure that something like that never happens again. Uh, so we need to find out also if there's any opportunity that we can, if that situation uh, did happen and you're aware of it, I want to minister to those folks. I want to reach out to them. Uh, I want to love and appreciate them. Uh, anyone we know who's lost someone uh, during this crisis and had to suffer through that situation, I want to purpose, excuse me, I want to personally minister to them and promise them that I will do what I can to make sure that that never happens again. Uh, we can determine in our hearts uh, and, and pray about that situation, but we can also be uh, active agents for that. You can get a hold of your Congress people. We can petition our lawmakers, and I think we need to do it. So possibly another initiative to add to my list. Uh, and then finally, uh, there was a mention of the fact that businesses were shut down and people had to give up their paychecks. And of course, that's, that's terrible, what has happened in that regard. But what I will say this, we don't have much control over the businesses that aren't going to make it. And, and we pray for our businesses, we pray for, for the people in our communities. But I will say that when we get the freedom back, I think it's the church should lead the way. If you, if you hadn't lost very much during this process, uh, maybe you got your stimulus check and you didn't need to use it, whatever the case may be, as a body, as a church, let's do what we can to get out into our economy and bring this economy back with a vengeance. Buy locally. Forget about overseas products. I'm not going to say it the way I want to. Uh, uh, buy locally. Get a hold of these local businesses. Um, I've been up here uh, a short while ago. We went up and we saw uh, Margarito, who owns Sunnyside, a place that we go to often when church is in session. And I, I said, man, are you doing okay? Can I pray for your business? Uh, we bought food from him. And, and I said, hey, you know, stay in touch. Uh, we'll try to be out here when we can. Uh, uh, but he, he was doing okay. He was hanging in there. But that's a wonderful family up there, a wonderful group of people, and I would hate for them to lose their business over this situation. So uh, let's be a leader. Let's, let's guide from the place of, of, of representing our church and our church body here in our community and in your communities and let them know we're here to support you. Uh, this past weekend, I was up in, uh, on uh, Friday and Saturday, I was up with Brother Kylie and the family, uh, helping them open up the cabin up there, and, and we wanted to open up the fishing uh, opener on Saturday, and uh, uh, there's a bait shop in town, and I drove in there, and I saved my money, uh, and, I, I, and I didn't buy anything here at home because there wasn't anything available. I drove up there, and I went in, and I said, uh, I'd, I'm here to buy some tackle, and, and uh, is it okay if I shop here in your store? I'm not local. And he said, yep, we just were limiting how many people at a time, etc." So I bought all my tackle there, bought a couple of things. 
And I said, uh, I'm really glad you guys are open. I said, I always save my money to come up and help the economy up here. And uh, I wanted to bless you. I'm, I'm a pastor from down south end of the state. I'm here for a visit and uh, just want to bless you guys. And he, the, the guy was practically in tears. And he thanked me again and again for, for supporting his business. We need to represent like that as the people uh, of Jesus Christ. So... Again, I, I have to say, let's take what the enemy has done to our world, to our community, to our families, and let's turn it upside down. Let's look at the things. If you've identified these negative things, I've brought a few of them out uh, that people are passing around, but make one of these your mission. If there's something that you've seen that's been wrong about this process, find the positive in it. Find a way to do the opposite of what the enemy's done in the world. Be a leader in that area, and God's going to do some awesome things. First and foremost, I think we need to cast off all the past nonsense, drama, pettiness, insignificant things that don't matter, and we need to love one another like we never have before. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, the devil hates this. It says, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so also you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We need to learn to do that in a greater way. I've said this before, that we need to come out of this coronavirus thing different than the way we came in. We can't go back to the old routines. We can't be the old person that we are. I can tell you that God has been working on your pastor working on me deeply. I have, I have sought him. I've felt him speaking to me in a deeper way. It's caused me to get deeper into the word, deeper into my prayer. I feel the weight and the responsibility of taking my ministry and my walk with God to a new place. I do not and I cannot be what I was before this crisis started. I cannot. And I promise you, that in every opportunity that I've had, I've reached out, I've spoken out, I've ministered to people, I've boldly asked people, can I pray for you? Is there something that, that you need today? Strangers that I've met, God has directed me and spoken to me, pray for that person. We can do that as a body. We can get a reputation in this community for doing that type of thing. Number two, let's get bold about what we do and who we are. Acts chapter 4 and 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. The word of God and your testimony and my testimony needs to be at the ready, on our lips, ready to go at all times. Philippians chapter 1 and 20 says this, According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed. Nothing will I be afraid to say, is what Paul is saying. Nothing will I be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be life or whether it be death. If I'm going to live, it's going to be about Jesus Christ. If I'm going to die, it's going to be about the glory of God. We need to have that attitude. We need to wear that badge. Stand bold, stand strong, and make that our mission. Number three, let's show people that no virus, no calamity, no crazy deadly insect. Now they're talking about a murder wasp, some crazy wacko thing coming in now. Whatever, I don't care. 
but that any other issue is going to shake our resolve is not the case. Romans 8 and 38, many of you know it very well. Paul said that I am persuaded that neither death nor life, notice he says death nor life, nor angels, principalities, meaning governments. No government is going to separate me from God. Death is not going to separate me from the love of God. Life, the things of life, the busyness of life, my, my, my going about and going back and forth is not going to separate me from the love of God. Angels will not do it. Governments won't do it. People in power are not going to separate me from the love of God. Things present or things to come, the fear or the unknown that's coming, what next pandemic, what next bug that's coming, is not going to separate me from the love of God. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That should be our moniker. That should be on our lips. We should wake up in the morning with that and go to bed with it at night. Finally, fearing loss, fearing the end and end times. I'm hearing this kind of stuff too. People brought it up. Is this revelation? Is this the end of time? Is this, is this uh, vaccine going to be the mark of the beast? All these things are coming out. The enemy wants us to be afraid of the changes that are coming. I think it's important to understand, folks, life is different. Life has been permanently changed. It will not be like it was prior to March 2020. It won't. Life changed after September 11th, 2001. The way we operate in airports, the way we travel, uh, the way that we observe things that are, are, are uh, out of place and, and certain types of, of uh, signs that we've been made aware of. Uh, uh, many things about security and the way that we operate in this country, the way that we transact, the way banking works. Tons of things changed forever after September, 1st, September 11th, 2001. Life is going to be different, except that it is not going to be the same. Yes, there could be some element of, of prudent, uh, excuse me, uh, protective or preventive measures that we have to do because this coronavirus thing is now a part of, of our ecological system. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but I think it's very safe to say that change is here and change is coming. Life will be different. But look what Paul said to the Philippians in chapter 3, starting at verse 7. I'm going to read two sets of scriptures, starting at 7 and starting at 13. He said this, he said, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Our belongings, our possessions, our homes, our wealth. Meaningless. Paul counted those things lost for Christ. He says in verse 8, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And Paul certainly did. Paul was beaten, he was stoned, he was imprisoned, he was exiled, and certainly eventually he was martyred. And he says, And do count them but dung. I don't think I have to translate what that means and what he was saying. Uh, what he was equating the things and the possessions of this life to, but that he said that I may win Christ. In verse 13, he goes on to say, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. In other words, what he was saying was, I haven't arrived. I don't have it all figured out. I'm not perfect. 
He said, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, the coronavirus thing happened, the losses have happened, the government's done what it's done. There are those things to forget that are behind. But reaching forth unto the things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This is our call tonight, I'm convinced of it. We need to take account of the things that we hold so highly in value that we, maybe we did before this, before this event. Can you look at your home and say, forget it, I don't need it. If God takes it, he takes it. Can you look at your possessions, uh, cars and, and toys and, and the things that we have? Can we do that and be willing to say, take it all, God, because I press toward the mark. I press towards what it is that you have for me to do. Because we know that in the end, when we're willing to give those things up, when we're willing to turn it all over to God, he brings things back to us in greater bounty than we could possibly expect. So this evening as I'm closing, if you'd like to stand where you are, again, I think it appropriate if we close in prayer, I encourage you tonight. We've got a phenomenal mission ahead of us. I'm excited about what's yet to come because I'm looking, and I, I was prompted by someone, a very close ministerial friend of mine who prompted me and said, Brother Cordell, don't look at what the bad things have happened. Don't look at the negative effects. Don't, don't worry about what's there. God's got that stuff. Get excited about what this tragedy, about what this crisis is going to bring for the church and what you and your church can do about it. And I've taken that to heart, and I am excited. I'm looking forward to what God's going to bring, and I hope you are too. God bless you. Jesus' name, Lord, again. So we're, we're very thankful, God. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful for the encouragement and the strength that you give us through the Holy Ghost. God, I'm encouraged every day. I feel strong. I feel at peace. Lord, I'm thankful for the work that you're doing in our church, the people that you're inspiring to lead, the work that's already been done, God. Lord, I'm so very thankful uh, for the things that are about to come, the excitement that we have to look forward, God, to what you're going to bring. We're ready, Jesus. We want to do your will. We want to be about your business and your mission. God, we want this church to be a beacon in our community. We want this body to be a group of missionaries ready to get outside these walls and minister to whoever we can minister. Invite whoever we can invite. Cast off any fears. Cast off apprehension. Who cares anymore? All we got to do is give it out there. If they reject us, so what? We'll dust our feet off. We'll move on to the next person, God. But we want to be inspired and full of fire and ready to minister for you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for what you're about to do. Thank you for the revival that's about to come to abundant life, God. Lord, we're thanking you for tonight, for the work you're doing in the lives of Rich and Steve. We ask that you continue to cover them in virtue and prayer and healing, God. There isn't a stripe on your back that you didn't take that can't cover whatever it is that infliction we can feel in our bodies. And God, tonight we're believing in great reports to come for them. We're believing that you're going to work in their lives tonight. Bless their homes, bless their spouses, their family, their children. Children, God, watch over them and bind us together like never before. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. I love you all. Thank you. My phone's on 24-7. Contact me if you need me. I'll be looking forward to shaking some hands and hugging some necks very, very soon. God bless. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 
or email us at info at AbundantLifeChurch.org.